now you're gonna bring it up and and just put salt on the wound will you stop yelling at me no live in the entertainment capital of the world no no you're making me nervous but seriously it's the tc martin show no listen uh, you're making me nervous diagnosis oh and a Prognosis. Well, that's good. Osmosis. And they'll reset. Nowitzki again for the lead. Bang! It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. Number two, appreciate Steve Sachs uh, for joining us. That interview will be up on the website after the show. Glad he needs to, to manage a team. Yes. <laughs> I would just yank him. I'd pull him out right there. Get out. What are you doing? Get out of the game. I know. You know. He used to get pretty volatile. Well, people remember him as a player, but when he was a coach with the Diamondbacks, it was kind of funny because he would wear the, the helmet while he was coaching first base. I go, Steve, you look kind of goofy there with that helmet, but... I guess didn't want to take a line drive. You know, Either that or he knew how some second baseman threw the ball. This is true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about Jose Altuve in that situation? Uh, yeah, good stuff. All right. Yes, for all your needs, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. And check out our, our latest uh, articles. The blogs are up there. The interviews. Uh, it's all there. Classic page, interview page, all good stuff up there. And we talk about the Golden Knights as well, too. Game number seven tomorrow night at T-Mobile Arena. 12,000 fans expected. Let's dive into that with our good friend from U.S. Integrity and, of course, our sportsbook guy as well, Matthew Holt. What's going on, my man? TC, how we doing? We're doing good, bud. How you feeling? All right. I had an infected tooth this week in uh, root canal. No fun. Wow. Wow. You sound good, man. So you recuperate. Was that a lot of uh, Novocaine or just a lot of uh, Motrin afterwards? What was that? A lot of gauze? Steak knife. Yeah, a lot of Motrin afterwards. But you know how those toothaches are. They, I mean, it's like a thumping pain in your tooth. And even though the root canal hurts, once it's done, uh, you know, that thumping pain stops. There's nothing worse than an infected tooth. So, man, are you okay with going to dentists? Yeah, I'm all right. Nope. I got a pretty good dentist. You do? Okay. Uh, me, me too. Uh, Frank Frank doesn't believe in dentists. We could have sent you uh, Frank's way. Frank, why don't you tell Matt how, how you took care of your tooth? Years ago when I worked at a restaurant in Illinois, there was a blizzard, so we were very slow. I had a tooth that was infecting me. I was juggling steak knives at the time because there was no business. And I thought, well, I got to get this tooth out of here. My dad told me I had a great uncle that used to cut his teeth out with a pocket knife. So I thought, I got a steak knife, let's get it out, and I cut into the gum and cut out my tooth with a steak knife. Oh, my God. As soon as I cut into the gum, I knew that there was a problem uh, because I was like, ow, and it started bleeding. But once I started, I had to finish the job. And it bled for like three or four days. It did hurt, but but I did save the dentist bill, and I did get the tooth out. All right. <laughs> I just, look, I, admittedly, I paid more than Frank did. Yeah, right. I was going to say, huh, what was the insurance there, uh, Frank? Uh, I didn't well, have insurance back in those no, days. No kidding. Yeah. Come to think, I don't have insurance these days. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Well, glad uh, you're feeling better, my friend. All right. Vegas Golden Knights last night. Three goals, third period, second night in a row. Not night in a row. Second game in a row. The Golden Knights cannot get the job done in a closeout situation. Uh, what were your thoughts when you were watching that mess last night, Matt? Oh, man, here we go again. And let's face it, the Knights don't have the best history in Game 7s. We all go back to that you know, devastating Game 7 against San Jose and what happened there. And 
Um, you know, I'm nervous for the Golden Knights. I mean, this wasn't a great matchup for their first round coming into this. You know, Minnesota has that, that pack line defense. They block a ton of shots. For whatever reason, Vegas has had a lot of trouble, you know, getting inside. You have to come from the sides to sort of attack that defense, and they haven't had the most success doing it. And, um, you know, this is, this is a big-time Game 7. This is a team that spent a lot of money. We know how they just completely ignored the salary cap this year or dealt with those issues. And if they get bounced in the first round, I think you know, this is going to be a pretty devastating loss considering their talent. So, you know, let's hope they get it done tomorrow night. The betters are betting them tomorrow night with, an, you know, with a great deal of confidence, actually. This is a line that opened up in town at most places at either minus 155 or minus 160. And it is universally across the board, minus 175. I'm seeing a couple of minus 180s now. So the money has come in on the Golden Knights, although their Game 7 history sure has me nervous. Man, we saw this exact same thing play out like this in Game 5 on Monday night when the line opened up, I believe, it was like you know 165 or so, and then closed at 185. People just figured, okay, this is it. They're going to close them out, and especially in the Game 5 scenario because the Golden Knights were dominant in winning Games 3 and 4 in Minnesota, but now the tide has turned. Obviously, Minnesota seems to have momentum, but I think, yeah, people are still going to bet the Knights. They're thinking, okay, they're finally going to get this done. Maybe it's the due theory or whatever it is. The 12,000 fans are going to rally them to victory here, and they are one in one so far in these situations. Like you mentioned, the San Jose situation, they were down 3-1, and they lost uh, that game seven in that crazy scenario in San Jose last year. Even though it wasn't on anyone's home ice, it was there in the you know wobble bubble, whatever you want to call it. Wobbles WNBA. It was I a know. bubble. It was it's a, a bubble. bubble. Fine, whatever. How about man bubble? Uh, mubble? So it was in the mubble. There no, you go. Just bubble. Okay, whatever. And uh, they beat Vancouver in this situation. So I can't figure this series out. When I've tried to go with the Golden Knights, Minnesota's come up and bit me. I've tried to go with Minnesota when they were in Minnesota. That's gone against me. I, so uh, I've given up on this thing, man. How can anyone predict this? Yeah, I don't know. You, you just don't know. And and it's going to come down to the Golden Knights being able to score goals and get chances. Because let's face it, Minnesota's the better defensive team here. You know, Vegas may have better def- player, better defensive players, but Minnesota plays a better defensive style. It's just more successful. If Vegas can get out to an early lead here, the one thing we know about this Minnesota team is they're not really built to come from behind well. You know, they're good at winning low-scoring games. It's the way that they play. It's, you know, they're good front runners. They sort of remind me of the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Great front runners, but not too good at coming from behind when he has to throw the football, which is in his comfort zone. Same thing with this Minnesota Wild team. They're really good with a 1-0, 2-0 lead. Um, you know, they, the defense they play keeps that lead. But if they get down two goals and have to come outside of their normal comfort zone, they're not really good. So I think the first period of tomorrow's game is so critical that the Knights get out to the lead. 
And and it's interesting too because in this series the first period hasn't necessarily dictated play, but last night we saw Minnesota play a solid second period, although there wasn't scoring. That's been the period where they've had a lot of trouble. But now you do have the questions as well. We have the goalie controversy up again. Who's going to play? I still think it's Mark Andre Fleury, but some people think maybe you make the switch to Leonard. And then you mentioned last night we saw Cody Glass and Patrick Brown in the lineup. We saw Hagen Whitecloud back there again. Does Holden come back in? Is Ryan Ryan Reeves going to be there. He wasn't a healthy scratch. He was out. Is he injured? Because although I don't think Ryan Reeves is the greatest player in the world, he does add a physicality that you kind of need against this Minnesota team. So I'm curious to see who's in the lineup for Vegas tomorrow night. And does Pete DeBoer do any lineup changes in that, trying to get that offense going? There's going to be a lot of questions to answer going into tomorrow night's game, just what the Golden Knights look like and if the lines are the same or if there's some mixing up, trying to change something in a do-or-die, winner-take-all scenario. And you know what I think is really interesting, Frank, is I'm seeing several sports books. I just looked at the Westgate's odds, so I'll quote their odds now, but that have odds up for Colorado Golden Knights series, but none of these books. I can't find one that has odds up for a Colorado versus Minnesota series, probably because there's not as much betting interest locally. But interesting that they are posting odds. Colorado, a minus 175 favorite at the Westgate right now over over the Vegas Golden Knights in that Series 2 series. But Vegas has to get home tomorrow. I mean, everybody's talking about this you know, this Colorado-Vegas matchup that we've been coveting all year in the playoffs. These two teams, Colorado speed versus the precision of Vegas. If they don't get it done tomorrow night, we're going to miss it. And because of the hype around Colorado versus Vegas, I think if they get bounced in the first round, with all that money we're paying in salaries, it's going to be an interesting offseason. All right, breaking news as we speak about this. You know, yesterday we talked about Braden McNabb being on the COVID uh, protocol list and, you know, being out. Of course, he didn't play last night. Well, the Golden Knights add Peyton Krebs and Ryan Reeves to the COVID list today. Uh-oh. So that answers That's something. big. Yeah. That's big. That is big. Yeah. So when news like that gets out, Matt, does that affect the line? It has to affect the line, right? I think it has to. If nothing else, it's a depth issue. And to Frank's point, you really do need Ryan Reeves' toughness in this situation. I remember in game two, especially, you know, uh, you know, Vegas was fighting. Minnesota comes out and gets the first goal, and Vegas was able to answer quickly. You saw the difference Reeves made in that game, too, despite the fact that he wasn't scoring goals. But that physicality that you need against this type of team in Minnesota, they'll surely be missing him tomorrow. And now all of a sudden, the depth issue pops up again for the Knights. You know, we go back to that. I was at the game Monday night, you know, I was sitting low right there by the glass and saw Reeves on a couple of those, those hits. But then I was looking at Reeves, and I don't know, just it didn't, something didn't seem right. I don't know how many minutes he actually played on Monday night in that game five. But, I mean, he really wasn't too much of a factor in that game. Well, remember, we talked about it Tuesday, too, that we were surprised that Reeves or somebody didn't go after Greenway right. after the contact yeah. with Marc-Andre I know we seeing Reeves and, on the ice yeah, and, and, during and, that moment. And we mentioned that him or somebody was going to go after him, and then Reeves didn't even play. Right. So you kind of wondered, and now well, now it makes sense if he's on the COVID list. But And, again, Ryan Reeves is not the greatest hockey player in the world. But when somebody's punching you in the, in the mouth, yeah. you have to punch them back. Yeah. I don't know who's going to 
do the punching with McNabb out, with Reeves out. I mean, Carrier's a physical guy in that. Uh, Hague tried to get physical last night. Uh, we've seen Tuck be a little bit more physical, but I, I don't know how they step up to him. I think this is a big opportunity for Minnesota, and whoever's in that lineup is really going to have to step up and get the job done. I know all sports say next man up mentality. This is a big uphill battle now, and they've lost two of the three games at home. I'm not sure that home ice, I know you play for it all season long, it hasn't meant much in this series. Matt, uh, we've seen five of these six games go under the total, not a lot of goals being scored. Uh, Give us some thoughts here as we go to game seven about maybe playing a total here. Starting to see the odds makers take notice of that is that this was five and a half over minus money early in the series. I remember game two playing under at plus 130. Now we're seeing five and a half unders minus 140, five and a half under minus 135. So look, it's, it, the odds makers are well aware that this has been an under series as well. I don't know how. I'd be nervous about playing this one under because I think Vegas wants this game to be a shootout. They have to make this a shootout, and I think they're going to come in and get after it because the best way to beat Minnesota is to get the lead early on them and take them out of their comfort zone and style of play and make them play a faster, more open ice game that they're not used to rather than the physical grind fest that they prefer. And by coming out aggressive, I think Vegas could lead themselves open so I'm a little bit hesitant to play the the under but how do you play an over in a series like this I mean it's every game seems to be the same Vegas just has so much trouble scoring against that pack line defense of the Minnesota Wild so you know fans and media they love to call for the goalie's head here to a certain degree Marc-Andre Fleury two games in a row where he's given up you know three goals in a period, did it in uh, the first period there in game five and then three in the third period last night. And then if we're supposed to have, as Pierre DeBoer had said, you know, hey, we've got this great goalie tandem. Do you now go to Robin Leonard? You get to play coach here. And um, let's even throw the GM here. At what point in time do you think maybe something from above it calls Peter DeBoer and says, Well, you hey, could throw in Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee. That's I mean, both, the, both, even though McPhee's not right? the GM anymore, I'm he's certainly right there. How much conversation do you think these guys are having with DeBoer about that? Because it's supposed to be a coach's decision here, but do you think that McCrimmon and McPhee are, are maybe swaying him one way or the other here? I don't know. This is tricky. I <laughs> Look, everyone wants to say you have to go with Marc-Andre Fleury, and people in Vegas especially, um, where he's just so beloved, they're definitely going to want to see Marc-Andre Fleury out on the ice. But I thought that they should have split time a little more in this series than they did, and, I, and I'm wondering if this isn't the time for Robin Leonard to hop on in here. My gut feeling is it's probably going to be Marc-Andre Fleury, but – uh, if, if the gun was to my head right now, and I don't know, I'm not at practice. I don't see the health of these guys, but I might fire Robin Leonard. What about a steak knife? Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. As far as DeBoer and if McCrimmon or McPhee are talking to him, I think Pete DeBoer is going to do what Pete DeBoer thinks is best. And knowing that he's the one that's going to get fired if things don't work right or something like that or potentially could. If McCrimmon and McPhee uh, try to give him some input, it wouldn't surprise me. But I think DeBoer is going to go with what he thinks is best for the team. To be honest with you, Matt, and TC and I have talked about this a little bit before, I haven't been surprised that Flurry's in there. I will be surprised if he's not in there tomorrow night. I was actually a little bit surprised to see Minnesota stick with Talbot after the two games in Minnesota because there was talk of maybe pulling him because he didn't have the greatest final couple weeks of the regular season. You know, he didn't perform well up there in the two games there that put him down 3-1, to one, but he's performed very well the last couple games. And, uh, you know, now it's a one-game scenario, winner take all, anything can happen. I still can't get over that he couldn't win when he was in Edmonton with all that offensive firepower, but I guess it does help a lot when you actually have guys playing defense in front of you. Yeah, I think the defense makes the biggest you know difference for Talbot here, who has two shutouts now in the series. But the, the biggest difference is the amount of shots that the goal that the, the Minnesota Wild block, and I've been a little bit disenfranchised by the lack of adjustments by the Vegas Golden Knights. And yes, they did have that breakout second period where they got a couple goals in game two, and then of course they win three games in a row and everyone thinks, oh, everything's fine. But I haven't seen them make the greatest adjustments to this defense. And I saw, I heard Mark Stone talk about it. Hey, you can't just take those hard shots from you know, from the top that you normally take and then look for rebounds and stuff or go up the center line against this Minnesota team. You have to attack them from the side. That's how you attack this defense. And if you don't, you get all these shots blocked. Okay, so you acknowledge what you need to do. Everyone seems to know what you need to do. Yet I continue to see Martinez and all these guys just whipping shots from the top, getting blocked and starting breaks the other way for the Minnesota Wild. All right, Matthew Hull joins us, U.S. Integrity. Matt, let's go from the ice to the hardwood. We've got some intriguing NBA games tonight. We start seeing some location switches, game threes. Let's start with the Bucks and the Heat. Uh, the Bucks had a nail-biter against the Heat in the opener, but then it was all Milwaukee in game two. We were thinking, okay, this could be an instant replay from last year where the Heat took care of the Bucks in five games, especially after that game number one, Jimmy Butler and company. But the Bucks says, no, nah, we're not going to have any of that. So now that this series shifts over to Miami with the Heat trailing two games to nothing, what do you think happens? I'll tell you, normally everyone wants to play the flip-flop here. And the pro play historically in these spots, and you'll see all these like pro handicapper people talking about this. I guarantee if you looked, probably like 70% of them have Miami in the first half because the team down 2-0 at home always comes out firing early, except that it only wins 50% of the time and there's juice. I like Milwaukee in this series, and I think Milwaukee gets the job done here again tonight. I just think Milwaukee's a better team. They have better weapons. This is actually a good matchup for them. Miami did give them a bit of scare in game one, but it was all Bucks in game two. If both of these teams play their best game tonight, Milwaukee wins by double digits. And, you know, basically in a game that's a pick em, I think just the, the value can only be with the Bucs side. Too many people are, are remembering that Miami run, you know, miracle run last year all the way to the NBA Finals. 
I just don't see it from this Miami team. It's bucks or pass for me. You know, we saw the Bucks score 132 points in that game. We've seen Brooklyn score in the 130s. We saw Utah score in the 140s last night. It's just amazing. It, I don't know if you attribute that to just uh, so many three-point shots, three-point shooting, lack of defense. But, man, we are seeing some some big-time overs, and uh, uh, especially, you know, with these teams scoring 130, 140 points. Yeah, well, there's two things. The analytics people love the threes, and the analytics people say that you take a good shot when you get it. Even if there's 22 seconds on the shot clock, if you have an open three or you have an open shot, you take it. That's what the analytics say. It doesn't matter how much time's on the clock. When you get a good shot, you take it. And thus we see more and more shots early in the clock, which lead to more possessions per game and, of course, more taken and more attempted and made threes than ever, and we're seeing these big scores in some of these games. And the defense just isn't there in the NBA these days right now. You know, Matt, you just uh, put an interesting thought in my head when you were talking about that, how guys are taught once you get a good shot, just take it regardless of how much time is on the time clock. Do you think that's one of the reasons why in some of these games when it gets close to the end and teams are trying to milk the clock a little bit more that we're seeing more turnovers in that like he did with Golden State to knock themselves out of the playoffs and that because the players are so used to just taking the first good opportunity and when they don't do that and they're playing outside of what they do normally for the first three and a half plus quarters of a game all of a sudden they try to change their style and maybe they're just not accustomed to it or something because it seems to me that in crunch time we're seeing a lot of teams with a lot of turnovers to basically blow games or not give themselves a chance to win a game. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're seeing more and more of it, and I think you're spot on in that, let's face it, if we go back to the late 80s, early 90s, you know, Jordan, you know, the end of the Bird Celtics era, the end of the Magic Showtime era, into the Jordan era, and all the way through the 90s, it was iso ball. You got the ball in the hands of your superstar, you got out of the way, you, you let him isolate and go to the hoop. You know, there weren't so many threes, and it was very much isolated. And what that did, and people always say how clutch Jordan was or how clutch Bird was, but what happened in those games, because you played that style all game long in iso ball, when your superstar had the ball milking the clock, waiting for five seconds left to start his move to go, he's used to that because that's what they did on half the possessions of the game anyway. But you're right, teams don't do that anymore. So when a coach suddenly decides, hey, you know, we have to try to take the air out of the basketball, the players don't know how to do it. They completely take them out of their rhythm, and we see more big-blown leads. But some of these coaches, I think, are wising up to it, and they say, look, if it means we win by 40, fine, but keep the pedal to the metal because that's the rhythm of the game. All right, let's talk about the Suns and the Lakers. Uh, This series shifts to Los Angeles now. still seems weird the Lakers are the lower seed, so games three and four are going to be at the Staples Center here. Uh, Your thoughts here? Lakers a seven-point favorite, and like we talked about last week, these guys are the favorite in the series despite the series being 1-1 and they don't have home court advantage. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that Chris Paul, he's going to play tonight. He's fine. I mean, he's certainly not injured enough to not play, but I hate the fact that he's even banged up. He's got a sore shoulder. I think Phoenix needs a 100% Chris Paul in order to have a shot, but I don't like laying a lot of points with this Lakers team. I just don't know that they're built to get margin. So if I had to play tonight's game, it would be Phoenix or pass. 
How about Denver and Portland? Portland's a three-and-a-half-point choice uh, in Portland tonight. Again, this series tied at a game apiece. Yeah, you know, this is a really interesting series because obviously Damian Lillard is the best player on the court. Uh, but I, I think Denver's done a pretty good job. You know, ever since they lost Murray to injury, everyone said, oh, their season's over the second that injury happened. But that hasn't really been the case. This team has fought and fought and fought since that injury. They've had some guys like Michael Porter Jr. step up. You know, I kind of like Denver tonight. I, and I like Denver to end up winning this series, and I like Denver to win tonight. I think they're going to run out of gas after that because they're a little bit shorthanded. But I think they could pull the upset here, get the job done in the series, and get the job done tonight as an underdog. All right, he is Matthew Holt, U.S. Integrity, and we're talking the gaming side with him as well. Uh, Matt, uh, we know that we've got a lot of great big boxing uh, events coming, UFC on the horizon as well, too. I know fans are very excited to get back to T-Mobile Arena where Dana White is planning on having full capacity crowds here. Uh, Give us a little bit of a UFC update and what you're looking forward to most this summer. Wow, I mean, right out of the gate, we have the next big pay-per-view, dual titles coming June 12th uh, in Glendale, Arizona. And it's good to see these events. Look, for a while, it was either happening on Fight Island or in Vegas. These events couldn't happen anywhere else. We just saw a big card over in Houston. We have a big card pay-per-view card June 12th in Arizona. Middleweight champion Israel Adesanya, who is undefeated at middleweight, defending his title against Marvin Vittori. And then the big rematch from what I think, you know, a lot of people thought was the fight of the year last year. Brandon Bam Bam Moreno, Devison Figueredo, the 125-pound champion. They're going to rematch. Uh, you know, Damian Maya supposedly is the last fight in the UFCs on that card. And, oh, by the way, Nate Diaz, everybody's favorite Diaz brother, Nate Diaz back. Uh, on that June 12th card taken on Leon Edwards. So look, just a couple weeks away, we have a huge card. And then July 10th, literally less than a month after it, McGregor, Poirier 3. There you go. Look forward to that. How many people, are we are going to get the 20,000 for, for McGregor and Poirier? As, as far as I know, I mean, I know that when they put the tickets on sale, they sold out immediately. Now, they've got to have the okay to fill the arena. But uh, actually, June 1st, everything's going to open up. So I don't see why they wouldn't be allowed to. Yeah, and we're seeing the full capacity. The Aviators made their announcement, too, at the ballpark. Yeah, there. June 10th, their yeah. next game. Yeah. So. Uh, did they announce that McGregor Poirier was at T-Mobile? I know Wilder and Fury is at T-Mobile, and that one is in July as well. But I uh, last I checked, Poirier McGregor on the UFC site still says TBA. I think T-Mobile in Vegas was always the plan. Right. Uh, but I did hear some talks about if New York or something opened, they might consider it. So I assume it will be T-Mobile. But that's two huge, two, two biggest fights of the year, McGregor Poirier 3 and Wilder Fury, both happening in July, both happening in the fight capital of the world right here in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. And both the third fights in the, yeah. the trilogies there. But you got to remember, too, that Bob Aaron was talking about uh, doing that fight Fury and Wilder 3 at Allegiant Stadium as right. well, too. So, and, uh, you know, they could probably, I don't know if they could fill it all up for that, but, man, they would, they, they definitely could probably get 40000 in there for that at least. That would have been a great first fight ever yeah. at Allegiant. That was the plan originally Wilder last Fury. year. That would have made yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's supposed to be Garth Brooks opening up musically and then that fight for yeah. the sporting world. Right, there you go. All right, brother, be good. We will uh, talk to you later. Appreciate the time, as always. Thanks, 
guys. Best of luck tonight and go Knights. Go Knights. That's tomorrow night. We'll see what happens there. Uh-uh-uh. And we didn't even get into the French Open starting up. (laughs) Forty love. How do you say forty love in French? Forty love in French. Thank you very much. All right. (laughs) When we come back, we got some NFL to talk about. You're listening to some bullshit on the TC Monitor. (laughs) Go. RVDCBD.com. Say that three times real fast. RVDCBD.com. I slowed it down so everyone can say what? That's right. RVDCBD.com for all of your relaxing needs, your pain needs, cannabis needs. Can't say that? No? No? What do you want me to say? Everything to make you feel good, better, healthier, more peace of mind, yeah. more relaxation, yeah. Yeah. just the whole nine yards. See, I never understood that. Why do people say the whole nine yards? It takes 10 to get a first down. So why do people say the whole nine yards? And it was a pretty mediocre best movie with Bruce Willis back in the day. Because it was first and goal from the nine. Who said? I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why you, I don't know why they say is that. The why whole, you told Aaron Rodgers to go to the sideline? I, I don't know why they say the whole nine yards. They just always have. Go, Pat, go! I'll get back to that in a minute. Finishing up. RVDCBD.com, 21% off anything on the website. The tinctures, the, the creams, the gummies, the oils. Why'd you point smokables. to your shoulder when you said gummies? Because I don't know. <laughs> Why is this guy wearing a T-shirt that I don't understand? I don't know. But because he does it, it all the time. I know. Hats and T-shirts and other stuff, he's got a ton of them. RVDCBD.com, 21% off that promo code, TCRVD. 21% off. Go check it out. Where? RVD. RVD.com. CBD.com. The icon special. That, it's too damn many initials. If you say so, man. All right. Just call it his initial offer. <laughs> How about LVA? The Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Aviators? <laughs> sure, yeah. Las Vegas <laughs> Aviators. Or the Las Vegas Aces. How's that? There you go. Aces get a victory last night in Phoenix. They take care of business. No... Diana Tarazi, she's out for four weeks, but they still had Brittany Griner and a Skylar Diggins-Smith. But it was all about the Aces last night, and they get the six-point victory over the Mercury in Phoenix last night. Kudos to the Aces. Chelsea Gray, if we're doing like the three stars of the game, you know, you got to go Chelsea Gray, fantastic running the point for the Aces last night. De-Energizer, De'Arca Hamby, fantastic as well. She had two huge buckets, offensive rebound uh, in the final minute of the game. So, And Jackie Young talked about her last week getting a career-high 21 points. She has a new career-high now, 26. So the former first-round pick of a few years ago, Jackie Young looking pretty, pretty good. So your three stars for the yeah. Aces yes. don't include probably the top two names that are known around the community for the Aces. Or maybe in the entire league. Maybe. Asia Wilson's the MVP. Liz Cambage. Right? 
They say though Brittany Griner is a pretty well known name, but but that's what I'm saying. But certainly for the Aces, you would think of the three stars that either Asia or Liz would be on that list. Mm If not every night, certainly the majority, probably most nights, both of them. No question. But at least one. No question. No question. So nice victory for the Aces. Now they improve their record to 3-2, and and they're back at home tomorrow night. They take on the Indiana Fever at 7.30. Can join me on the call on that? A few notches down the dial, ESPN 1100 or 100.9 FM. 7 o'clock pregame, and D'Erica Hamby will be joining me on the pregame show. Uh, tomorrow. So look forward to that. And then now, if you did Indiana's games, would you be Dr. TC Fever? <laughs> would there be any infringement rights there? That'd be. Well, you're not Johnny not? Fever. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, and you're in Indiana, not Cincinnati. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> next door, but. <laughs> See, I've never been one for those type of names. You've got to give me an S at the end. I've never been one for the, you know, the something as your last name, the Fever. Like the Las Vegas Aces. I mean, you know, that's clean. That's tradition, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you much for that? I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it. You but used I, I'm to. used to it. You used because, to. yeah, the Bears right. and the Bulls and the Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. most of those things. Now, We've like, come used like, to it now. But like, like I did think it was semi-clever, like stuff with the Jazz or something like that. Because with the Z, you almost don't need the S. Mm-hmm. Because it almost has that sound to it anyhow. But, yeah, like the Miami Heat. Yeah, see, that was like one of the first. You know, yeah. I mean, the Mercury would be one right. with the WNBA. Yeah, there's several of them. But you wouldn't want to say Mercury's. No. Because that you, would sound like a car dealership. You have a lot of that in minor <laughs> league baseball as well. You got a lot of those types. Well, remember, in, in, in Utah, everything used to be that. There was the buzz and the jazz. and the, I mean, they had all their teams with, you know, trying to do the double Z, trying to make it right. a whole theme of the state or something. Yeah, the stars. Yeah. With with a Z and they did that. Remember that was the original Las Vegas Aces. They yeah. went from the Utah Stars to yep. the uh, San Antonio Silver Stars and Stars, and then the Las Vegas Aces. And Mark Davis knew all that history before he bought the team. Yeah, absolutely, did eh? did his homework. No question about it. So, yes, Mandalay Bay Michelob Ultra Arena tomorrow night, seven thirty tip, seven o'clock pregame. The Fever against the Aces. I'm sure the Aces are going to be like a double-digit favorite. The Fever, not real good this year. And uh, a chance for the Aces to get uh, two victories. They play again on Sunday, a matinee at 3 o'clock. So very similar to the way it was last weekend. Now, when are they opening up for more than 2,000? After June 1st is what they say. So So these next two games will be the last two, and then... Well, who knows? Theoretically, they could open up more. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how that all And maybe you'll be back down on the floor. That would be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. Not, I don't mind where calling the games now, but again, it's it's up a little ways. But it's nice to be on the floor. So then I could, you know, hear like Kurt Miller saying, "She's three hundred pounds." Could hear that. What a horrible Make, thing to say. Yeah. Just. Yeah. That that <laughs> story still has legs, you know. And Kurt Miller did not coach in that game. They lost the other night. Well, he was he suspended to, a game. He was suspended. Yeah, couldn't coach. I mean, he didn't fight it. He Seattle. apologized before the suspension, like yeah. you said, yeah. and got fined. Yeah. A $10,000 fine, usually in sports, that doesn't sound like a lot. Is that a lot for a WNBA coach? It is. Because Because I don't think that I know. I mean, I know they don't make NBA coach money, but I don't know exactly where they're at. They still make pretty good money, but you're right. It's no, not in the lines of of the major professional sports. No. It's not the slap on the wrist that it would be in the NBA or some other sports. Correct. Yeah. So it's going to hit them. 
you know, pretty hard with that again. And you got to remember, you know, you only got uh, 32 games on the schedule this season as well, too. So, all right. So, yeah, look forward to the Aces this weekend. Keep track of that. All right. UNLV football schedule came out. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah. They uh, are going to have six nationally televised games. And um, Arizona State, uh, one is going to be on the road. Uh, Remember last year, Arizona State was going to be one of the the games. They had Cal and Arizona State was going to open up Allegiant Stadium. Right. So they lost both of those games, unfortunately. And now they got to go back uh, to ASU and and play there against Herb Edwards and, and company. So, but uh, Iowa State is coming to town, though. And the, Cyclones. Be a national t- the Cyclones will be coming. Maybe know, you can whatever. finally get your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you got that, Mark? Marky Mark? He's out there listening. Iowa State, red and gold shirt. Ames, Iowa? How about that? Went all the way to Ames and you to a shirt, but maybe yeah. you're going to when they come here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to get the delivery service. How's it going to work? Yeah. Can I, co- can I get, talk to Coach Campbell? Just have him bring me one, you know? Do that. Iowa State, tough. But uh, it'll be interesting to see when the lines come out how many of these games you know, he's going to be the underdog. But, you know, they're Maybe T.J. Otzelberger will make the trip to watch the football team and you can just get one from him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. It's like Chris Beard. I don't think he's coming back anytime yeah, it, soon. It, the team's coming here. Yeah. If they're cross-road in their sports, he ought to show up. Yeah, he's not coming. He's not coming. <laughs> not, not at all. But, uh, I'm trying to get your shirt, man. I understand that. I appreciate that. I thought I had a shirt coming. I had a couple yeah. a couple weeks ago. But the, guy, proposition. The, the guy goes to uh, you know goes to see his daughter's graduation. I mean, what's going to be more important than that? I mean, my shirt, right? I mean, the shirt and the daughter's graduation. They got to be on, on on par, of course. Did you get him a shirt from your prom? <laughs> he didn't ask for one. That's good. But, Could have got him one of those fake tuck shirts. You know, Mark Marky Mark, our esteemed, uh, esteemed general manager. He's he's ducking us though right now. You know that, right? Well, that's why he couldn't buy you a shirt. He's yeah. got to save up money. He might be on a couple of dinners yeah. here soon. He's ducking us. Because remember, the beginning of the Stanley Cup playoffs, Mark says, I'm taking the Golden Knights. You guys can have the field. And Frank and I look at each other like, okay, we're signed up there for that one. We got the field. So Marky Mark's not feeling so good. No, And, and that's not even rooting against the Golden Knights. No. That's just taking – you're going to give me every – I don't even have to pick a team? Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Well, it means you did get the Florida Panthers in there too. That means you did get the St. Louis Blues in there, too. Right, but any of them could have won is what I'm saying. Well, those two teams weren't winning. We knew that. Well, they probably weren't, but the, well, Florida actually had a pretty good season. Though Tampa Bay uh, shut them down last that's, night. That's what I'm saying. And the yeah. Penguins got shut down, too. How about yeah, that the game? Islanders. How about them? <laughs> wow. That very Trotz knows a little bit about coaching. He does, eh? <laughs> he does. By the way, I believe they actually use their goaltending tandem. They, they have a tandem. They, they, well, they were second, know. you know, in, know. in the Jennings Awards. I, I so know. They have a tandem. They were the second they, best goaltending yeah. tandem in the NHL. And their tandem's not nearly as good as the Golden Knights tandem. So-called tandem. All right. So, um, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Breaking news. Yes. We meant to get this yesterday. Yes. Aaron Rodgers is back on the grass, ladies and gentlemen. He's back on the plane surface. He's back on the green. He went to RVDCBD. No, yeah. So the Packers, oh, different grass. The pack. Yeah, the pack. Very nice. Ezekiel Elliott, where you at, my friend? Oh, bro, I'm low key faded, bro. <laughs> I don't think Aaron Rodgers is messing with any of that stuff. But here's what Aaron Rodgers is doing. He did not show up to the Packers OTAs. He did not. And guess who else did not show up? 
the his top five receivers did not show up. So do you think that that was maybe in support of Aaron Rodgers? I would say there might be a little something going on. Or or was it we're just not really supporting the hierarchy of the organization right now. Maybe not supporting Aaron, but just saying, you know, he doesn't have to be here. We don't have to be here. So, you know, forget about it. And let's remember, all of these guys have always showed up to the past OTAs. But since Aaron Rodgers stuck his foot in the quote-unquote sand, or the frozen tundra there at Lambeau Field, he's saying, I'm not showing up. I'm not showing up anytime soon. So, yeah, he's not OTAs. I don't think no one expected him to be there. But I do believe Matt LaFleur, their head coach, thought that their top five wide receivers would be there. Especially if they might have to get accustomed to a different quarterback Mm. if things don't work out Mm -hmm. with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they're just saying that they don't love the idea of OTAs. I understand. (laughs) As in Jordan. So is it a show of solidarity or is it just defiance? I'm leaning on the side of defiance. There's a little defiance. I think it could be a little defiance. And with Rodgers, I think he's busy. I mean, he's got another sporting event that he's got to get ready for. That's right. So, that's right. Coming up. And we'll talk about this with our good friend Chuck Esposito tomorrow when we're at Sunset Station. Golf. The match four. Can we name the match three? The the three prior to this? One of those was Tiger Phil, right? It's Tiger no? Phil, well, there, there, or is this it? all double stuff? Because well, well, was, there was Manning and Barkley in one of them, right? Was that one of these? Wasn't it something like uh, that? I don't know. Man, let's get our producer on this. So the match four is featuring Phil Mickelson, who's hot on the hot on the griddle right now, right, for just winning the PGA Championship. He is going to tag team. Can I do this like Howard Finkel? That's what I should do. A guy like he used to do at Madison Square Garden before the main event. He'd always announce the next card at Madison Square Garden, and fans get all excited. So I would take that cue, and I would do that at our NWC cards here in Las Vegas at the Silver Nugget, and people would just love it. I'd say, and get your tickets immediately following tonight's match, and people would run to the box office. Just like the UFC does on their things when they show the next upcoming pay-per-views and all that. Yeah, okay. So I'm just trying to say, you know, give them some history here. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. Okay. So uh, there it is. So the match four will take place with PGA champion, six-time champion, Phil Mickelson and his tag team partner, hailing from, I guess now, Champa Bay, the, what, seven-time Super Bowl champion? More championships than Phil. That's right. Tom Brady. And their opponents will be... The tag team of DeChambeau and Rodgers. Wow. Well, we know Rodgers has one championship. Does DeChambeau have any? I don't think so. So it's 13 championships to one? <laughs> Probably. Right? right? <laughs> DeChambeau may have one. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, so they're going to go ahead and they're going to play as this match golf thing in Big Sky, Montana. Why? I have no idea. Why not? I don't know. They're, they're, it, it'll get ratings. Why not play in Vegas? People will tune in. Shadow Creek available? I, I don't know. Maybe. That's when we saw Tiger Phil. You know? Does maybe. anybody want to watch this? Mickelson, people Brady. People will watch. DeChambeau people will, against People Rogers. watched Brady and Barkley on the court together when they were with oh. whoever, Phil and somebody. Yeah. I mean, they did. Yeah. But Rogers. Or, or not Brady. I'm sorry. Manning. When Peyton Manning was out there. Okay. 
we we know that Rodgers and Brady's game is better than Barkley's. We know that. Well, we we it ought to be. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that I know that um, Aaron Rodgers used to always come to the Michael Jordan event when it was out here, and from what I understand, Brady certainly hits the golf course a lot as well. I'm sure that Brady has a lot of courses down in Florida that he can play. No doubt, no doubt. But uh, betting is already on the board for this already. That's right. And when is the event? The event is coming Tuesday, July 6th. Tuesday. Tuesday? Well, yeah, because that's probably smart. What else are they competing against for people to view? Why not do it on a Tuesday? Makes sense. Will T.J. Reef still be in Vegas at that time? Or will he be back in? Well, is he going up to Big Sky to check out the game? Yeah, that's uh, going to leave the wife and twins at the Cosmo while he heads out of town. No, I think he's leaving <laughs> July the first. That, that's his story. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mickelson and Brady against uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. Want to take a guess what the odds are in this one? I'm going to guess that Mickelson and Brady are favored. They are favored by how much? Minus one seventy-five. One thirty. There you go. Good luck betting on that. Yeah, I'm not betting it. There you go. Yes, this will be coming up in the reserve at Moonlight Basin, Big Sky, Montana. I don't think people actually knew that, that Big Sky was actual city. You just said it's the territory. Well, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah I know it's Big Sky Country because yeah. Idaho calls themselves Big Sky Country. And the Big Sky uh, Conference, the, Dakotas, North and South Dakota are big. I mean, it's, that the, there's the Big Sky Conference. Yes, yes. I, I guess it makes sense that there'd be a Big Sky, Montana. Yeah. Why not? Do you know when Joe Montana came out from Notre Dame, people wanted to come up with a clever nickname, and they tried to nickname him Big Sky. And he goes, not so much. Not happening. Yeah, no, no. I'm big Sky, you think of a big burly football player or the basketball players that have been Big Sky or something like there that. There you go. That yeah, Big sense. Sky, Joe Montana, no. Yeah. It right. doesn't work. There you go. All right. So, yeah, you've got that happening. Uh, UNLV's got six nationally televised games. A lot of that is because of the stadium. They want to showcase the stadium. They really don't want to showcase a winless football team, which uh, is, is really the case in, until they do start winning. But uh, playing in the Legion Stadium, they'll have a six nationally televised game. Most of those games will be on the CBS Sports Network as well, too. So there you have it. you got that going on. Uh, NBA, uh, Christus Porzingis. Find $50,000 for, guess what, violating COVID protocols. And we know what that means, where he was at. Are you crazy? Because this is, this is a norm. This is a thing. So in between games one and two, when the Mavericks were playing the Clippers, Porzingis decided to go out to the strip club after game one. There it is. There he comes. Chris's poor Zingus is in the house. Wait a minute. And he's trying to take like a sweatshirt and, and covering himself up. Like people are going to recognize this seven foot guy. Not going to recognize him. No. But why the need to go to a strip club when you're in the playoffs? Again, you know you're going to be seen. The NBA is going to fine you, which they did $50,000. But guess what? He's not going to get suspended any games. And you know why he's not getting suspended any games? He's been vaccinated. No, I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got some. Uh, he was trying to get vaccinated. He was trying to vaccinate somebody. He was trying to take club. a shot. There you go. <laughs> Remember last week? Who was at the strip club? The week before that? 
LeBron James, remember? Well, maybe not a strip club, but he was seen at a party. Yeah, he had a party. He had a and, party. And, and, and the NBA claims, because I saw this on TMZ, right, yeah. that everybody there was either wearing masks or yeah. had been vaccinated. Right. He now, violated now, protocol, though. Now, did they actually go and check everybody there, or did they want to go, we're not suspending the king during a playoffs. Right, right. We have TV sponsors. But they did deem that he violated protocol. So he did that. So with pro, uh, Prozingis, you had to say he violated protocol. So can you suspend one without the other? So LeBron James got no suspension. So with Porzingis, $50,000 fine. That's kind of the slap on the wrist. What was NBA LeBron fined? You know, I undisclosed. They, you know, they said, you know, I'm not sure if he was. I think he was fine, but no Because I thought I said that because I thought I saw that he wasn't fined either. So if Porzingis got fined and LeBron didn't get anything, then what's going on here? Then that means they're saying, oh, well, he was at some type of party and this and yeah. that. And, and, they, got, and again, know, right. like, the, like they said, oh, they were all, all had masks and were vaccinated yeah. and or were vaccinated. Yeah. See, the stories come rolling because you are the whatever, one of the greatest of all time. LeBron got nothing, got no suspension. Porzingis did 50K, and they both violated protocols. One strip club, one not, but both parties both violated it. Is this really any different than anybody else that's, that did that last year, you know, in the bubble in Florida and all that stuff? Come on. you got to be consistent, man, right? The only thing consistent is the inconsistency. This is true. Tomorrow we will be at Sunset Station. Look forward to that. Our good friend Chuck Esposito will be joining us. Showtime Sean Porter. We'll be talking to Showtime Sean Porter tomorrow. We'll talk about some boxing. Look forward to that. And uh, tomorrow night, Game 7, we'll be taking a good hard look at that. The Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. Knights will try to do it again. And remember this, if you are going to the game tomorrow, 6 o'clock game. That's true. Not 7 or 7.30 or anything. It's the only game. They want people on the East Coast to have a shot to watch it, yeah. even though it'll already be 9 p.m., yep. but it's going into the Memorial Day weekend. Correct. So 6 p.m., your game time. They're duly noted. All right, if you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com, for Ballpark Frank, T.C. Martin, saying so long. Have yourself a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2 p.m.